Mark 4, we're just reading. We're going to jump right in, verse 35. That day when evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? Okay, now we'll stop here. There are lots of stories uh, in, in the Bible that might be difficult to just connect with. You know, it feels really different. You know, there's a story of Jesus casting a demon into 2,000 pigs, and it just feels like, man, is that... That seems, like a, that seems like a crazy story. But this story right here is, is not hard to connect with. We've all been, you've all been in the midst of a storm before. You felt kind of what that's like. But more than that, there's this thing going on here where the disciples come to Jesus with a really raw question. One that every one of us, inevitably, if you are on any kind of faith journey at all, you will ask this question. Teacher, Jesus, do you not care about what's going on? I'm in the middle of a storm, and you don't seem to be showing up or caring or worrying about this at all. What are you doing or what are you not doing? But we all have that. We've all been in these places before. If you are trying in any way to follow Jesus, you've felt that before. Don't you care? That's the question. That's that thing that's at that heart level. God, my world seems to be upside down and it feels like you're asleep or it feels like you don't care. You might even be in the middle of a storm right now. This might be in the middle of something going on. It feels like a really painful time of disappointment to you. Maybe something that you didn't expect is happening and it feels frustrating or hurtful or disappointing. You're waiting on healing or you're asking for Mr. Right to come along or you're hoping for that promotion or hoping from some kind of relief from physical or emotional pain or you're waiting for a child to turn their heart back to you or to the Lord in some way, waiting for a job or a financial situation to come through or something to that effect. You're asking for help and it feels like everything is really silent. You don't, you're not getting anything. You're not hearing anything. And the disciples here are feeling the same thing. They're going, listen, you have to understand maybe the direness of the situation. The boat is actually filling up with water, meaning there's more water coming into the boat than they can bail out. It's filling up, and they're not sure what they're going to do, so they're just going, do you, do you not even care about what's happening here? And I, here's the thing. Hindsight's 2020, right? We can read the whole story. We're gonna read the end of this here. And Jesus is gonna take care of this thing in just a minute. And it feel, you, can, you might could feel like, oh, sure, the disciples knew he was the son of God. They can take care, he's gonna take care of this thing. But let's be honest. We've, we've all been in that, this situation where you're not actually sure 
if God's gonna come through in the way that you want him to come through. This, these are these crisis of faith uh, moments. So it's a, let's just dignify the question. It's just okay to ask this question. Jesus, are you, are you in this thing? Are you coming? Is there, are, you gonna, are you gonna be here in this moment with us? And of course, what's, what's beautiful is Jesus is gonna say, listen, I'm not only in this moment with you, but I've got, I've got power to overcome this storm. But first, I am gonna mine for and deal with the things that are in your heart. This is what we get to see Jesus do. And I, I love this. And this is the narrative over and over and over and over again in scripture. And that is this. Jesus has the power, full power to overcome every storm you and I will ever be in. But he is always, always, always looking at the heart first. Always wanting to deal with the heart. And so we're gonna go to these two questions that we have to ask really deeply. God, are you in this mess with me? And two, do you have the power to overcome? Those are the core questions that we're gonna end up asking. And the spoiler alert, the answer is yes to all of it, all right? He, he is gonna get into this mess with us and he is going to overcome and he does have the power to overcome. Look at, we'll look at verse 39. Mark uh, 4, verse 39. He got up, Jesus got up, and he rebuked the wind and said to the waves, quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Now, just for fun, let's just get this picture. They come to him, don't you care? We're in a mess. Where are you on this deal? Are you gonna help? And he gets up, and I love this. All right, no, like, he doesn't like roll up his sleeve. He doesn't say he rolled up his sleeves or he like held up his hands, or like had a staff, or like Charlton Heston, none of that, okay? He just simply stands up, and he, listen, he says, quiet, some versions say peace, but it's literally quiet, hush, be still. Now, I love this because it directs us. Because you might think he's saying the same thing, peace be like he's saying it twice, but actually he's talking to the wind and then he actually talks to the waves. So he says, hush. He like literally is like, looks at the wind and says, hush. And then he looks at the water and says, be still. Now, this is different than, uh, you've seen a storm, it blows through and then everything eventually calms down. That's not what this is. What he's saying, it literally, he literally addresses both. He tells the wind to shut up. And then he tells the water, you stop moving. Be still. And they both say, yes, sir. They immediately obey him. And the disciples are, you know, they were afraid before because they thought they were gonna lose their lives, right? They're, they're 
They're, told, they're afraid and they're bailing water and they're like, don't you care about what's happening to us? Do you not love us? So, so ultimately what they're asking. And so they're afraid and then they see Jesus own everything and then they're terrified. So they're actually more terrified in the calm than they are afraid in the middle of the storm. They're actually more afraid after the calm comes. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever been in a storm that's like shaking you. You ever been in a storm? Or it just something, uh, uh, you know, we would have, uh, in West Texas, they, they have tornadoes out here. In West Texas, they have tornadoes all the time. In fact, uh, the, the, the city where we came from just got hammered by another tornado, ripped up like 100 different homes uh, on the south side. But you've, if you've been in, in the middle of a storm, it's crazy. Um, and honestly, you don't even have to be in the middle of a storm to feel the magnitude of, like, the weather. One of the, I think one of our favorite things to do, we've, we've talked before about, we like to, uh, on vacation, go to the beach. And I think one of the most crazy things to do is when it's nighttime and it's really dark, you really can't see anything, you walk out on the beach and the sound of the, oh, you can't see much, but you just have the sound and it's like a little bit like, I think I'm, I think I might, I might, pee in, I might pee in my pants right now. Like this is a little bit, it's just a little bit big. You know what I'm saying? Like this is a little large and you feel the crashing of the waves and you hear the sounds and it, the, the vastness of it. You feel the power of this, of, of the move of literally the, the elements of the earth. And then you get this glimpse here for a moment. It's nothing compared to the power of God. It's nothing. It's tiny. It obeys. All of this obeys me. It obeys my word. And they had this shiver down their spine. And all of a sudden, you feel this pull. Because Jesus has all of this power, but he's not employing, or doesn't seem like he's employing this power in that moment. There's that moment where you're going, listen, if God is the king of all of this, then do you ever feel a little frustration that you don't see some of that power being appropriated to the issues and the circumstances and the things that are going on in life? You're just going, hey, could you afford a little bit of that power to this situation or this circumstance or this storm that's going on in my life? I just wish we had a little bit and we feel the tension of that going on in our lives. And we've, you can feel the frustration of, of when you have power but you can't appropriate it correctly, right? You've been, you sit in your living room and all of a sudden, you're looking for the remote control to turn on the TV, right? And then you can't find the remote control and you're just going, good, I, I, I know I can turn on the TV, but I can't. And I, I feel frustrated about not being able to, or, you know, appropriate the power to the thing that I'm trying to get done. That's, that's a frustrating feeling when you have power but you can't do anything about it. You know, it's like, uh, how many of you have ever been like, you're, you, you like to work with your hands and you've got a job that you're trying to work on and you know that you have the ability to fix it, but all of a sudden the tool that you can't find the tool that you need. You ever been there? You ever had that? You had this thing you wanna fix, you had the power to be able to fix it, but all of a sudden you don't have the tool necessary to do the job and it, it feels totally frustrating. I, I, can, I, I had this experience the other night. Uh, 
my wife had, had gone to sleep and she'd closed the door. No big deal. I was downstairs. She was tired. I was, I was just kicking it. I fell asleep on the couch and I wake up and I go upstairs to, to go to bed. And the door is locked. So I'm in this moment. And I have, there's two questions. I mean, there's, I, can, <laughs> I can bang on the door and wake my wife up and tell her to let me in, which is what some of you would do. But me being a loving husband, I thought, okay, I, I don't wanna wake her up. She's sleeping, she's tired. So there's, I know there's a little pinhole here. And if you can find the right instrument you can just, it's just a simple flip of the wrist and it opens the door up. I don't have to wake her up. So, you know what I do? I spend the next 45 minutes in the middle of the night trying to find the right tool. I have all the tools. I've got power tools, I've got Phillips, but what I need is a really long, slender flathead to just do this thing, and I can't find it. I literally, I couldn't find anything. I, I literally, I found a pin, like a, a pin that has a clip on it, and then I, and I found, the, and I cut that thing off to try to jam it in there, and I could not, I could not get it. I'm telling you, there's nothing more frustrating. I'm like, I have the power to fix this, and I can't do it, and it was killing me, and so you know what I did? Some of you are like, you banged on the door. No, I went down and I snuggled up on the couch. I slept on the couch, all right? There's nothing more frustrating than when you know there is power available, but you can't appropriate it in the right way. And we serve this all-powerful God who can speak to the sea and tell it what to do, but it, we don't have it in the moment. And it doesn't seem to be appropriated and the question that arises in our hearts is, Jesus, do you care? Do you love me? Do you not care? It's the same question that they're asking. That's the problem. That's where God wants to drill down. Because Jesus knows there's a wrong question coming from that. Because the premise is this. The premise is this, if Jesus cared, then bad things wouldn't be happening to me. If Jesus loved me, then bad stuff wouldn't happen. And the prob problem is this, the premise is flawed, and when you ask that question, then we end up with a wrong response. If you start the premise saying that God's caring power can't allow us to go through storms, then all of the conclusions that we have about ourselves and all of the conclusions that we have about God are gonna end up being wrong. And what we're gonna discover is that Jesus has a purpose and a plan and a design as we walk through the storms of life. He's using them. And so he asked the question, he asked this question, and he would, I would pose this question to us. Why are you so afraid? Where is your faith? Now, he's not talking about the storm in the sea. 
What he's asking is the heart question of our belief in him. What he's saying is, listen, if you knew me and trusted me, if you believed, listen, there, you could go through a hundred storms and not be afraid because you know who I am. And this is what he's gonna begin to draw out. This is what he's asking. Why are you afraid is not about the wind and the waves. The why are you afraid and where is your faith is about our belief, what we, he's drilling down to the deep place. What do we really believe about the Son of God and what he thinks about us? What do we actually believe in our heart of hearts? And he's pulling down to this place. He says, is it, I love it. He says, do you not still believe? Meaning this, listen, you've been watching me work. You've been watching me move since I came, since God commissioned me. I've been healing diseases, been casting out demons. You've been on this journey with me from the beginning. You've seen who I am. You've seen my heart concerning my people. You've seen me walking and moving and healing and cleansing. And now this one moment comes along where I'm not doing exactly what you want me to do, exact the right moment, and all of a sudden you doubt? This is what he's beginning to pull up out of us. So he asks that question, the way Luke puts it, Luke chapter eight, it's the same story, but he says, he says, where is your faith? Now, emphasis is everything. You know how you can say something, you can say the exact same thing, but it means totally different things? You know, uh, uh, that you, can, you can say, what are you doing? Or you can say, what are you doing? Those are two totally different things, right? So when Jesus says, where is your faith? He's not saying, he's not, listen, Jesus isn't coming and getting the measuring stick out and saying, listen, on the scale of one to 10 here, where, where is your faith? That's not what Jesus is saying. What Jesus is saying is, where, in what do you put your faith? He's not trying to figure out where the disciples' maturity level is. In fact, that's not, that's not what Jesus does at all. When you and I are going through the storms of life, we don't have a king who comes up to us and goes, mm, your faith seems like it's a two. When you get to an eight, let me know. We actually know that's not how Jesus treats us because you know what Jesus says? Jesus says, listen, a faith of a mustard seed will flip a mountain over. Jesus isn't looking for the volume of our faith as if we can set it in a jar. We can walk around saying, well, my faith's an eight. I don't know why I did that strut. That was weird. But you know what it's like? I don't know. Does anybody ever walk like that? When you feel like you have really strong faith, you're like, you walk like that? No? Okay. Sorry. Jesus isn't going for that. I'm trying to figure out how much faith you have in the bottle here. He's simply asking this. Where, in what, do you put your hope? And in that moment, he's looking at these disciples and just saying, hey, I know you don't want the wind and the waves. I understand that. 
But there's something I want to drill down deeper to. Is your hope in the lack of the wind and the waves, or is your hope in me, the one who has loved you with an everlasting love? You understand this faith thing is more than just, I believe there's a God and he's kind of nice and he did some good things for me. Jesus is drilling down to the deep place saying, where? What's going on inside? When I don't seem to be showing up in the moment that you need me or want me to show up or you think that I should show up, if I, if I was a good and loving God, then I would show up in this way. And he's like, I wanna break all of those things off you just to say, listen, this life is about trust in me and walking with me. That's where Jesus is going. Where are you putting your hope? Because if your faith is only present when good is happening to you, and if our faith is only vibrant when everything is working at full capacity, then listen, the question is, is it actually faith at all or is it just belief in, re in having really good circumstances? And I, I just have to be honest, I don't know anyone. I have known some incredible people. I'm looking this moment at some amazing people. I don't know anyone that has had a life where everything is always lining up where everything's always going good. And there seems to be a misunderstanding where there's this correlation that if you have great faith, life is always gonna go amazing. And I think what we see from Jesus is, is listen, the truth is, is life is going to have many ups and many downs. The point is, what do you believe about me in the journey? And what we're gonna see here is, in actuality, I've got you charted for a course of many ups and downs to draw your heart to the one thing that's important. Believe and trust in me no matter what, not in your circumstance. Because listen, if our faith, the quality, the power of our faith is connected, is directly connected to our circumstances, then every little squall that comes through, every little storm that comes through makes a shipwreck of our lives. This is, this is real stuff that Jesus was boiling down to. It's what he wanted to get after. And so God is able to come through and the shiver, that shiver down the spine comes when we realize that if God is powerful enough to stop the storms, then listen to this, then he is also wise enough and loving enough to know exactly what we need when we need it. The question of like where and what do we put our trust and faith comes down to do I believe that the wisdom of God and the love of God are as vast as the power of God so that I can trust him in the storm. And what I mean by that is this, and this is maybe something that might be difficult to understand or might be something worth wrestling with even this week, but ultimately it comes down to this question. 
Do I believe that the love and the goodness and the wisdom of God are powerful enough to sustain me when God chooses for a moment not to answer right away? Now listen, I'm gonna be clear. It's great to ask for God to come and move in our lives. In fact, I think we'll see over and over and over in scripture, there's a call. God, come, move, change, transform, fix, heal. These are all prayers we're meant to pray all the time, to keep faith and trusting in him when we don't see it. The point is not that we have to shrink back. If we're going through something difficult, it's like, uh, we raise our hands and go, well, God's letting me go through the, the worst thing. No. I think what he's saying is, would you just continue to keep your heart and your eyes fixed on me and trusting me that I'm gonna deliver you through this and I'm working on your behalf all the way through. We can't understand why. Um, or when we uh, can't understand why, we come to Jesus for answers and here's what we find, that what's really powerful and what really kind of moves us is that Jesus might show us why the storm is so painful in the first place. Maybe a better way of putting it is, why is this storm so difficult and so painful? And the Lord wants to drill down to that thing because he wants to show us what our faith is actually in. He wants to expose those places that are keeping us locked up in fear. Wants to find, he wants to mine for those places where we want to put our trust in ourselves or in the moment or the situation. And that is really why it feels terrifying to go through those storms. Because Jesus might actually say, listen, the reason that this storm is bothering you or killing you or pushing against you is not because of the storm, but just because of where you've put your heart's trust. And so the storm can be scary, but what God wants to deal with deep down is sometimes scarier, right? The storms are hard, but the heart stuff is the harder part. And that's what the Lord wants to drill down to. And listen, if you don't hear from this, that God is so loving and so intimate, he always wants to deal with the heart. Listen. Every one of us is gonna live a life here. We don't know what the time is. Some of us get a few years, some of us get a bunch of years. But all of that, listen, is a microcosm. I've said it here before, I'll say it again. We're here for one hour on this earth. It's one hour. There's literally an eternity coming. God's pulling our heart toward that day, to trust him no matter what we walk through, to see him. How can we know when he doesn't seem present in the storm that he's for us? When we're walking through that storm, how can we know? When it feels like, just like the disciples, it feels like you don't care, how do we know? And the answer is this, in the greatest storm that the world has ever seen. When they came to crucify the Son of God, Jesus put his head down and went right into it. 
And he took on the storm that none of us could ever take on. You ever wondered what Jesus feels about me when I go into the storm? Hear this. The greatest storm in human history. The storm of sin and separation from God. Jesus dipped his head down and said, I'll go through this willingly for you. So you, so that whatever you may face in this life, you have the guarantee and the promise of life everlasting. This is the goodness of God. He's gone through it. If you've ever questioned whether or not God is good, if you've ever questioned whether God cares about the storm that you're going through, hear this. He went to the full extent. God gave it all. Listen, God gave it all. When I say God gave it all, meaning God gave his son. Now, you know this, and I would say especially those of you who have kiddos, you know this truth. You would, in a heartbeat, take whatever pain or hurt you could take so long as your kids didn't have to experience it, right? You understand? You know what it means when, if you see your kid hurting, you just want to take it from them. You want to say, if you see them struggling, you just want to be able to remove it. You say, I'll put it on me. I'll take it. So listen to this. When the father gave his one and only son, it is, it's the ultimate declaration. There's nothing I'm not willing to give for you. Nothing. There's nothing that God wasn't willing to give. He gave the ultimate. This is the ultimate expression when you and I are walking through those storms to know, listen, this isn't about God being here, absent or not. He's, his guarantee is this, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I may use the storm to pull your heart out to trust me more, but listen to this. You don't ever have to question whether or not I'm for you. I gave it all so that you could have eternity with me. And this is, ultimate, this is the ultimate move. This is the ultimate expression. This is the ultimate declaration of the heart of God to trust him. So that's what we come to is this. There's a constant pull from the Lord to pull away from and to, to separate from putting our trust and hope in the things of this life and to trust him with our lives, to trust him with our emotions, to trust him with our thoughts, to trust him with our anxieties and to bring those to him and say, God, I'm putting my faith and hope and trust in you. And this is what his plan and purpose is in this life. And that God would make, listen, that from that God would make us a people full of faith ready to take the goodness of Jesus to a lost world around us, ready to have the answer for those that don't have that same hope. Understand this, listen, every one of us has friends, family members. Their greatest hope is in the absence of the storm in their life. Their greatest hope is somehow to make all the bad stuff in their lives go away. And there's no hope for something greater and God wants to use us to be a declaration there's a greater hope that's coming that we sink our heart and our, and our lives into. It's, what he, it's the way he wants to minister in us and it's what he wants to minister through us to point to the hope. Let's pray and ask God.
to do that in us. God, we're asking right now, would you just meet us? Would you meet us in this place, here in this moment where we trust you? I ask, Father, that we could trust that you're speaking to us in the storm. There are certainly personal storms all over this room this morning. And we just want to trust you. Lord, we trust you with whatever's going on in our lives. We just want to put our trust. When you ask that question, where is your faith? We just want to say you. You're our faith. We trust you. It's a gift. It's not in our circumstance. We don't want to put it there. We're just going to trust you. We're going to put our eyes on you. Lord, would you show us what it's like to trust you more tomorrow? Just ask him. God, would you just show me what it looks like to trust you more? There's some stuff that's in front of us. We want to trust you more tomorrow. Build something in us today that we experience tomorrow and build something in us tomorrow that we experience the next day. We love you and we thank you. Thank you for building. Thank you for for declaring your goodness over us. We love you, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen.